Edge is away from McCulloch. Thurston gets the ball to Morgan. Morgan crosses the 20. Comes away to O'Neill. Gets the ball. Melden scored. in the corner. Welcome to Above the Horizontal, a podcast about rugby league. I'm your host, Bo Nicholson. Our show is hosted and produced by a bunch of ex-writers for Real Sport back when they actually covered real sports. Much like them, we are by the fans and for the fans, and we like to have some fun while we try to delve into a bit of analysis as well. Before the season starts in 2023, we've assembled a craft team to run our eye over each squad and predict how their season will go for them. Boys, I am so excited. We're talking about the North Queensland Cowboys, and I don't know if you can hear it in my voice because... Last season, when we talked about the Cowboys at this time of year, it was it was all like, oh, geez, they're a spoon contender. Like, oh, they're probably going to be like bottom three. They've been bottom three the last couple of years. They've got a shit roster. They've got they're paying a million dollars to a bloody centre. They've picked up Chad Townsend, and you know they they went okay. Um, they exceeded everybody's expectations. No one was happier than the great Kieran Gibson. Kieran, how are you? Yeah, good, mate. Uh, keen to talk about my Cowboys. Um, always happy to talk about them just as much as I am about my Arsenal. Uh, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> a minute this time, boys. A minute. It took a minute to get Arsenal in there. That was quite deliberate. I'm not sure I'm going to count that one. Chris Waring, you're also here to talk about the Cowboys. I understand a bit of a sore topic, and Kieran and I have already apologized a thousand times for Kyle Felt's actions in that game against the Tigers. Can you... Can you forgive us for this episode? Uh, no, but I'm happy to record it anyway, so we'll just move <laughs> on from that. <laughs> All right, no worries. Not the forgiving type, I suppose. And, Freddie, you're a forgiving type. How are you going? I'm well, thank you. Yeah, the Cowboys, I, I love talking about the Cowboys because one of the uh, the great songs written by the Scat Brothers, uh, we love the Scat Brothers here at ATH, and uh, they life at the outpost and it's give you love to a Cowboy man, so let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> we're going scat, we're going scat humor as well within two minutes we've gone for an arsenal thing and scat humor love it all right good let's go uh i like the other episodes we talk about recruitment the coach todd payton who just signed for three years today uh day of recording 24th of february as chris continues to laugh um and then we're going to talk about the forwards uh spine backline some of the pointed questions about the cowboys and our predictions for what's going to happen this season for them let's talk recruitment they haven't been super busy they picked up west tigers legend slash panthers legend slash cowboys legend james tamo as well as jack gajewski and they've upgraded a bunch of their younger players uh, and they've also picked up Gahamit Shibasaki, rather, who has uh, joined the club. They've lost Dejan Asi, Ben Condon, Tommy Gilbert, which I think will be a loss, Conley Lemuelu, and Hamaso Tabuai Fido, which I have to admit, that one hurt. Friendy, what do you think about the, the Cowboys' recruitment slash squad situation? I think, yeah, as we spoke about before with South Sydney and Cronulla Sharks, I think they're more just looking to retain the good players in their squad. So I think they've done that well. And uh, guys like Drinkwater and Dearden, uh, I think, were important parts. Mm. So that was good. And I think Gilbert, a bit of a loss, a bit of a fan of his. So, yeah, that's an interesting one. But maybe not rate their recruitment, but I rate their squad overall and I can see why they've hung on to the pieces they needed to, yeah. Yeah, they were, they were never really any chance of keeping Tom Gilbert. He wanted to move to southeast Queensland uh, for family reasons. So 
there wasn't much of a chance there, and he probably got paid more at the Dolphins anyway. So it's happy days all around for him, but a big loss, I think. Kieran, do you agree that A, he's a big loss, and B, that the recruitment style is kind of what we needed considering the roster they have? Yeah, I really rate Gilbert. I can remember waxing lyrical about him before Origin last year, and then he let uh, one of the, oh, I can't think of the Knights front rowers, but he let one of the brothers waltz straight through for a try, and Chris was in the <laughs> in the chat talking to me about it. <laughs> That's not like you, Chris. Yeah, sorry, mate. I'm still thinking about the Scab Brothers song, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, always happy to have a go. Wait till you listen to it. <laughs> Kieran, uh, but yes, what do you think about their squad and uh, and the recruitment style? Um, the retention has been quite incredible. I didn't expect to, to keep so many players, um, especially I guess it goes to speak to how well we went last season and, and the culture turnaround that um, it seems as if Peyton has been a, a huge part of um, and at the forefront of. Uh, I did not expect Drinkwater to sign such a long extension. Cotter, Lukey, um, Nanai, Neem, oh, the, the names... Yeah. Just roll off the tongue, and they're all quality players. Um, yeah, I think we've got our uh, recruitment um, completely right. Chris, same question to you. Recruitment for the squad style, does it cut the mustard? Uh, yeah, overall. Um, you know, the Cowboys, to be like the New York Jets in a way, the kind of unexpected <laughs> season that they had. And then, look, with the, with the 2023 games... Look, I'm ready to die on this hill that James Talamo is an absolute useless signing. Like, I'm ready to die on that hill. And if we spend the next half an hour debating it, that's fine. But, uh, again, similar to a lot of other squads who have had success, like, the, it's more about you were linking, like, the gains to, you know, the, the more focusing on their, their inner, you know, consolidating their their squad that brought them success initially, which was last season. So, you know, things like re-signing Cotter, Drinkwater, Hilam uh, Luki, Nanai, Griffin Neem, I think is very quietly underrated. Talangi. The only one I will say is that I'm reading Jake Granville was re-signed. I just don't understand that at all. But fucks me. Fucks me. Completely fucks me. <laughs> yeah. like And even like uh, Jack, uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Gusevsky. Gusevsky, sorry. Um, he's, he's a solid player, solid first grade player. Yeah. Um, overall, very well done, except for James Tamer and Jay and Graham. Well, I, I I will go into bad, not for a debate here about Tamer. Like, I, I understand what you're saying. And coming from a Tigers fan, it makes perfect sense. I always thought that that was going to be more of a culture signing. I don't think he's going to play that much first grade. I sort of hope he doesn't. Um, and if he does, it's like 20 minutes off the bench. I think I think if he, if he spends most of the year in reserve grade, and bringing along some guys, uh, I'd be happy with that personally. And who am I to doubt? Todd Payton, by the way. Like in Cowboys forums, and and Kieran, you'd be a, a part of a few of these. People couldn't even spell his name probably properly in 2021. They hated the guy. They were like, Payton O N needs to get out his shit. And you know what? He's not shit. Apparently, he's the Dalian Coach of the Year now. I think the speech might just be wrapping up <laughs> on the twenty fourth of February, as it is. <laughs> Chris, do you are you a believer? Do you believe in Todd Payton? Uh, yeah, West Tigers legend mm-hmm. Todd Payton, Premiership winner against the Cowboys. Yes. Look, I, I I don't think he's he may look like Mega Mind, but I don't think he is the Mega Mind coach. I think he is a good coach. <laughs> uh, I think he is, I'm just going to say it, slightly pretentious, 
Um, some of the press conferences are a little bit ridiculous, but I, I do think he's a good coach. I think he has a very solid rugby league understanding. And he's always that kind of player, Todd Payton, where you always just felt like he would be a good coach, very smart, like very average, smarter than your average forward when he was playing. Um, you know, did a pretty good job, relatively speaking, you know, um, with the Warriors, and then he's come to the Cowboys and had success. So yeah, overall, I think he's I think he's a good coach, and I think they made the right decision in in extending him. Friendy, you'd be old enough to remember him in the Canberra days, I imagine, when he was playing back in the day, and he he hit the scene as this wonderful ball playing, offloading front rower. Do you rate Todd Payton as a coach? Yeah, I even saw a game today. They're playing all those classic games, and he was playing for the Chooks. I think it was in 03 against Canterbury mm-hmm. and stuff, and he's. Yeah, throwing the ball around is doing a pretty good job. Uh, yeah, the major shareholder in Maybelline Mascara, <laughs> Todd Payton. Um, yes, I, I, I do rate Todd, and his makeup is just as good. Kieran, do you rate Todd Payton's coaching and makeup regime? Uh, the makeup regime, for sure. The, the coaching, definitely, as well. Um, I think I spoke about it before earlier when the, I think the way that he's turned around the culture at our club has been huge. Um, we had players that didn't really want to play for our club. Obviously, uh, the likes of Josh McGuire, although I think he was moved on before he, Peyton came in. But um, Peyton's never been afraid to drop players. I, I mean, Drinkwater wasn't even our starting fullback, but he saw that that was um, one of his mistakes, thankfully, or somewhat uh, of a silver lining was Tabuai Fido getting injured and then Drinkwater getting to come in. But yeah, I really rate him as a coach. The way, the way, just the way he's turned around the culture. I've said that quite a few times now, but um, keep harping on about that. But I think it's been a huge job. I think Maguire was sacked under Peyton. I think I think that was. I'm not 100 percent on that, but I, f- I feel like it was. Let's talk about the forward pack now. Ruben Cotter has emerged as this weapon of a thing. And that, that has been under Todd Payton, moving him into the forward pack. Not to mention guys like uh, the legendary James Tamo, of course, Cohen Hess. Uh, we've got Jordan McLean, who made it into an origin squad. In fact, he was meant to play, but had to pull out at the end of all that. Um, th- that young forward pack as well, like uh, Jeremiah Nanai, uh, they got Helium Lukey as well. Uh, Griffin Neem, of course, and Jason Tamalolo, co-captain of the club. Kieran, that's a handy forward pack. Uh, yeah, I think it's um, extremely handy. I think if even if the likes of uh, McLean went down um, and some more, obviously, I don't know if Jermaine Tanua Brown will even play, but more of the experienced front rowers go down. We've got youngsters that can come in and, and really hold their own against experienced players, against other oppositions. Uh, yeah, I really rate our forward pack. Yeah, um, solid pack. Um, again, the proof is in the pudding last year, really, isn't it? You know, Tamalolo had a bit of a career uh, resurgence there, um, which is, you know, great to see as a fan. Yeah, just Jeremiah Nenai, you know, unbelievable young player. And then even like like I alluded to earlier, just even like solid kind of under-the-radar blokes like Griffin Neem, which, you know, every successful team has, you know, players like that. Um, yeah. The, the little great forward pack. Freddie, I've just noticed your bloody video in the group chat of the Scat Brothers. So thank you for sending that through. Uh, but I would also like you to send through your thoughts on the forward pack. Yeah, it's proper good, isn't it? The, the song or the forward pack? Oh, yeah, both. Yeah, oh, the old Scat Brothers. Fantastic. Um, I urge all our listeners to listen to yeah, Life at the Outpost. 
uh, especially the Cowboy fans. But, yes, their forward pack is is proper good. Ruben Cotter, fantastic season last year. I absolutely love watching him play. He's all energy. He's, yeah, he's brilliant. And Jason Talmololo, I mean, what more can you say about that bloke? Uh, Griffin Neem, I reckon a huge season mm-hmm. coming up for him. He'll come up in my bold prediction later. And it's just quickly on, like on forwards, but particularly front rowers, you think back to a time when James Tamo and Aaron Woods were probably the Australian props. Don't front rowers fall off a cliff quicker than any other position, I reckon? Just about, yeah. It'd be that or wing, I think. Like, wingers do tend to go as well. Mm-hmm. With, as soon as speed yeah. goes, you know, you've always got like a 20-year-old winger mm-hmm. ready to go. Yeah, well, Aaron Woods and James Tamo are power walkers now. <laughs> so that sounds like a vote to Chris. Hey, you, you, can't, you can't beat that defensive speed on the, off the line that Aaron Woods has. The goal line defense. Oh, the goal line defense. Uh, let's talk about the spine. Now, the spine has Reese Robson, who we talked about in previous episodes because he's been going so well. Uh, also, Scott Drinkwater, we mentioned, has secured that fullback spot maybe for as long as he wanted. And he has looked very good in the trials, particularly against the Broncos. He was the best player on the park for the Cowboys. Tommy Dearden, didn't he step up? Fuck, there's another neighbourism for you. Didn't he step up? Tom Dearden. Uh, at State of Origin, I didn't believe he had it in him, and he did. And Chad Townsend, I give me all the humble pie. He might not be an elite halfback. I think we all agree on that. But he was the right fit. He was the right fit for that club, and it, and it seemed to show uh, that he was. So they also have Jake Granville as an option in the spine as well. Chris, do you like that spine? Uh, yeah, Drinkwater, um, you know, special player, uh, Drinkwater. Uh, I think they've made the right decision with the fullback role with him there. Reese Robson, just extremely solid, reliable, um, you know, tough little bastard. Tom Dearden really took a step, and I think that that Origin um, series he had will flow into his, you know, uh, you know, rep- replicating those performances more week in, week out for the Cowboys and Chad Townsend can go fuck himself with his <laughs> postmodern understanding of the rules that West Tigers fans are too stupid. But, nah, uh, fair, fair play to the Chad. He, do, he does his role there. Uh, you know, he's really, he's been a, he's, no, he's been a figure. <laughs> he's been a figure there. Um, yeah, but like, what's doing with the hair, Chad? Like, fucking Lego head. But, uh, yeah, Lego head. <laughs> Good, yeah, good spot. I need, I I need to hear this from Friendy because I think he knows it needs to be said. Friendy, do you rate a spine that has Chad Townsend in it? Three quarters of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, drink water, Dearden, Robson, tick tick tick. You you got the feature, but then you've got Chad, so you've won no money with the feature. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, responsible. <laughs> he, he, like Chris said, it pains me to say it. Like I'm, I'm physically hurting saying he, he does a good job at what he does. Um, it's just that, but yeah, it's just the, this- the bloke is he has the most punchable head <laughs> in like world sport. Him and Rory Burns, the opening oh, bat for yeah. England, like fucking line, line them up and knock them down. You just whack them. Um, They've got the two most punchable heads, and I'm getting way off topic here. The scat brothers got to me. It's late at night on a Friday, and I just can't be talking about the Chad. So, 
anyway, the rest of the spine, yeah, really it's, good. It's not only it's not only that with the chat. Like, yeah, he has like a head you just want to like you know punch. But he associated it with like the annoying ass like vlogs. Like, I joined the Blues camp and here's what oh. I saw. It's just like shut up. <laughs> anyway. He's honestly the the little white kid that sits around the table with all the cool big jocks at the school and stuff. And he's like, he's just like a little millhouse. Like you got the dud. <laughs> oh my like, god. Oh. I, I just love that. Prior to this episode, when, I, when we hit record. Friendy did say the word, this one's going to be a loose one. <laughs> and he was fucking dead right. He's made it happen. He's made it happen himself. It's a, it's a self-fulfilling pro- prophecy, but <laughs> it has been loose. Uh, Kieran, uh, your thoughts on the spine? <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, a spine I, I rate highly. Um, I think under uh, Peyton, they've gone to another level. Um, obviously, Townsend only just came in last season, but um, the others really grew under Peyton during the year that we struggled uh, in 2021, and then last year really blossomed. Um, yeah, I think Robson's come out and said that he's looking to develop his kicking game, so I think if he does that, he'll be one of the more complete hookers in the game, um, possibly the most complete. Um, and then he's obviously really defensively solid, has a good running game, um, loves getting out of dummy half, drink water. He has so many tricks in his bow um and then yeah i think the big question mark is probably the halves like i don't have as big a question mark over dearden as what i would have had had he not played origin but he really stood up in that game and then townsend i'm still a little um unsure about i guess hesitant to say uh he's getting on a bit now so it'll be interesting to see how he goes this season i'm a believer in chad townsend in fact just to fuck with you guys i'm gonna go and subscribe to his little vlog channel on youtube um, it might be paying me myself. Poor bastard. <laughs> let's let's talk about the back line now. Their, their back line seems pretty settled. Um, it has been for a long time. Kyle Felt on the right with Peter Hiku on the left. Valentine Holmes and Murray Talalangi. They do have some other options there, but frankly, I mean, why why bother? Like they've they've just got so much going for them with that particular roster. Kieran, is that is that a good enough backline? Do you think? Um, yeah, I, I definitely think it's a good enough backline to to win the premiership. If we make a grand final, I would have no worries about any of those players. Really, um, I think the big one for me was actually Holmes defensively, but he really stood up defensively last season. So, yeah, I really rate our backline. Yeah, just you know, lineup of consummate professionals. Really, Valentine Holmes, uh, you know, great player. Peter Hugo, very solid. Kyle Felt, you know, just consistent. Solid first grader, you know, knows how to put the ball down over the line, always finds a way there. And, you know, Talangi is very the young, explosive ring on the other end. So it's like a good combination of, you know, a bit of youth there, then like a bit of like more experience. Uh, yeah, very, very solid, very reliable backline. Yeah, love their backline, in particular their centres who defensively last year were sensational. Their decision making was awesome. Uh, Val just went to another level last year. I thought he was fantastic. And, yeah, I like their wingers as well. And, yeah, really rate their back line. While I've got you, let me pick your brain about Val going to that another level because I've got a bit of a take here. I think mm-hmm. Val Holmes is the best centre in the comp. Now, let's just all oh, actually – the best left centre, let's say, because I think Joey Martin might be the best right centre. So he's in the top two. Now, let me unpack that a little bit. That's assuming that Tom Trevojevic and Latrell Mitchell are not centres. They are fullbacks. 
yeah. friendy. Yeah. Is he in that top two? I think he probably is, isn't he? I mean, just trying to think of some other names. And as we've taken Latrell and Tommy out of there, then, yeah, you'd probably have to say Val is in that top couple. Uh, yeah, him and Joey Manu, I guess, yeah, they're probably your best two, aren't they? Yep, I'll go with that. Yeah, if you're taking out the um, yeah the, the considerations of Latrell or, or Tom based on you know their first grade positioning week to week, um, yeah, I, I'm happy to go with that. Yeah, it, it's kind of been enjoyable seeing his, you know, always knew Val kind of had it in him. But, yeah, uh, I reckon top two for sure. Yeah, like, I mean, let me phrase it just so that we're all clear. If I was an Australian selector and they're all fit, Latrell's at left centre, Tommy's at right. Like, like there's no debate about that because Teddy's in the way at fullback. But I think Val gets picked on the wing, probably the right wing, and that's because of how good he's been in the centres. Um, Kieran, do you think he's in that top two regular first-grade centres? Uh, look, we love a, a smoky on ATH, so I'd have Aaron Shop as a, a smoky. But, yeah, I would have yeah. Valentine Holmes <laughs> and Joey Manu. Shoppy, the, the SA of the NRL, Aaron Shop. Loves it, loves it, Aaron Shop. Uh, I'm not going to ask you guys a Chad Townsend-related question, and you guys have all answered the question about uh, drink water being the right choice because I was going to say, well, l- let me put it this way. Drink water was the right choice at fullback. Is letting go of Hamaso the right choice, considering the fact that he was basically playing on the bench all last season, getting 10 minutes a game, maybe, Chris, was letting go of Hammerstone the right choice for the Cowboys? Uh, yeah. Um, in terms of future, I'm just trying to think what they even could have done. Like, if you're considering Ham- the Hammer, Miles' favorite player, you know, he, he's going to garner high, you know, a high salary based on a team like, you know, like the Dolphins who are looking for a young bloke to give, you know, a specific chance to a position that's a bit more integral rather than on the wing or in the centers. So, you know, you could probably argue that again. It's really would you want him to be a center? So then you'd have to drop like Hiku, which I don't, which I think would be stupid based on his uh, def- importance in terms of defensive resolve, and or like move on felt at some point where I would say some of his performances have waned a bit, but he also also has still has his really solid games, extremely reliable on the wing. Felt doesn't really have any ambitions other than being a winger so look it's a hard one and, and that's some of the challenges of when you become a good team real quick like this this shit happens it's like this is happening in Penrith year after year year after year after year at the moment so look I, I, I'm going to say yes but ideally you'd like to keep him but I just don't see in which way they could have that's like a reasonable answer based on the player's desire to be more involved and more money you know so I'll say yes they made the right decision Friendy, do you agree with that? That it was just, you know, just unlucky, really, that they had so many options. Yeah, right player, wrong time. So he certainly could have fit into the system somewhere, possibly in Petahiku's spot. Uh, he did a good job at origin level in the centres, so maybe that was his spot. But, yeah, as Chris said, he, he's going to command more money elsewhere and possibly in a different position. So I think it's best for both parties the ways they went. Kieran, your brother, the big E, Owen Gibson, he has told me that his second team is the Dolphins and his third team is the Broncos. And a big reason for that is because the Hammer has gone to the Dolphins. So he's devastated that, he, that he's left the Cowboys. 
How do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, at, at one stage it looked like uh, the Hammer would be a, a one-club man and he'd be our fullback for possibly 10 years or longer. I'm probably not as heartbroken as I thought I might be. Uh, I think the versatility of our squad really helps that. Like if if Drinkwater went down, Hiku or Holmes could play fullback. Um, if a half goes down, Drinkwater can move from fullback into the halves and someone else can go to fullback. Uh, we've kind of got all bases already covered and then as a business decision for Tabuai Fido, it made sense for him to go to the Dolphins and play in a position that he wants to play in. Yep, couldn't agree more. Let's talk about our prediction for where they're going to finish this year. Kieran, I'll let you get your bias out of the way. Are they going to be a top four team, fifth to eighth, ninth to twelfth? I assume you're going to put them in the bottom five. Um, I know. I I can't remember. I've actually gone this position just yet. I haven't. Uh, listed up a, an official ladder, but I'm going to go fifth. I'm not sure they'll make the top four again. Kieran's put them at fifth. That surprised me a bit. Well done, Kieran. Ignoring your bias. I'm very proud of you. Chris Waring, where do you have the Cowboys finishing? Yeah, I've got them in fifth to eighth as well. I reckon they'll be about seventh, I think. I think they're going to have a little bit of a dip. Second season blues, so to speak, but I still think they're they're going to be a good team. So I've got them in the fifth, fifth to eighth bracket. Top four, get them up there. <laughs> North Queensland Cowboys will be in the top four. And we will do a bit of our, uh, I guess, premiers and things like that. I reckon you guys might like what I'm going to say next week. So, yeah, Cowboys right up there for mine. Well, that would have you agreeing with the legendary uh, rugby league commentator, Matthew Thompson, in saying that the Cowboys might be winning. <laughs> I did hear that the other day. It made me feel a bit gross, but um, yeah, as we spoke about in the group chat, uh, I think we can air it publicly as I reckon most of the public would agree that Matt Thompson sort of thinks he's one of the lads down the pub drinking schooners, but in in reality, he's probably the one that everyone does, hopes doesn't show up. Including Phil Gould, maybe. But uh, yes, I, I hope you're right. I got them fifth to eighth as well as the other boys. So my question, I guess, to you, Friendy, is why do you have them higher than us? What gives you that much confidence? Well, I think they're quite good at football. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'll uh, I'll just fuck myself then, I guess. I absolutely loved what Peyton did with them last year, and they were all energy, and I just think if they can – sort of bring that again, which I think they can with a fairly young squad still. They're going to be hungry for success and they've got that little bit of experience mixed in there with a few guys too. So I think they've got all the bases covered. If injuries are kind to them, which all premiership team needs, um, yeah, I, I can't see why they won't be, be right up there and in the, at least in the grand final and, and I think they can get the job done. So, yeah, I, I just... I really like what Peyton did with them. I think they're going to be hungry for success. I it's worth remembering, by the way, that they they bombed that prelim against the pan, the, the Eels. They they were in front with like by eight points or something with not long to go, and they bombed it. Uh, so yes, the hunger might well be there. All right, bowl predictions. Let's finish it off. So I'll be just chatting with you, friendy. Why don't you give us your bowl prediction? Yeah, I've, I've kind of got two here. So I actually think Griffin Neem will be uh, a starting prop by the end of the year. For the Cowboys, mm, mm-hmm. and I think the end of the year for them will be Grand Final Day, and they will be winning the Premiership. Oh. I'll book my flights now. Kieran, you coming? <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, well, Kieran, I'm talking to you now, Friendy. Please be right on both those counts. I, I love that. I love that for Griffin. Name. I love that for the Cowboys. Kieran, what's your bold prediction for the Cowboys? 
Uh, I've gone the, the spine quartet of the Cowboys to kick at least six 40-20s this season. Six 40-20s. Oh, obviously, five of those from the Chad. Uh, all six, all six. But I thought I'd just include <laughs> the others to yeah, band them along. I think Drinkwater's a bit of a smoky there, having a left foot boot on that left-hand side. A um, bit Lachlan Coote-esque, uh, I'll rate that. What do you think, Chris? What's your bold prediction? Uh, I want to go... Jeremiah Nana to score more tries than Kyle felt for the season. I would like to see that as well. It would be a, a good use of the money that we've just invested in the bloke. <laughs> so that would be awesome. Mine uh, that I'm kind of wishing into existence is Taniela Sandrugu, who is a Fijian international now. Absolute beast of a bloke. He's, he's a, just made of granite, one of those sort of blokes has a really good offload as well. He's on the fringe of first grade at the moment. I'd love to see him play at least 10 games for the Cowboys. I think if they can get him in there and to speak to uh, what Chris and Freddie were talking about, get James Tamo out of the 17, put a guy like that in, get a lot more punch off the bench, a lot more second phase play, and I think we could be a contender if he has a good season. I've got a big rap on Taniela Sandrugu, so please be... A good season for him. Boys, thank you very, very much for possibly the loosest episode we've ever had on this on this podcast. Thank you, Friendy. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Kieran. And thank you to the listeners for persevering through all the, uh, the various in-jokes about scat and whatnot. Uh, please don't be perturbed uh, if, if scat is not your thing. Um, and... Make sure that you like, comment, rate, five stars if possible, um, especially if you are a fan of Scat. Five stars is great. Oh. Uh, and make sure you subscribe. <laughs> and make sure you subscribe so you can go above the horizontal next episode where we talk about the runners-up, the Parramatta Eels. But until then... Above the Horizontal is a rugby league podcast by the fans and for the fans. It's produced by our entire team of former writers for Real Sport, including Daniel Friend, Christopher Waring, Miles Stebbin, Kieran Gibson, and me, Bo Nicholson. We'd love it if you could support us by telling a rugby league fan about us so they can go above the horizontal as well. Thanks for listening. See you next time. You know what's tricky sometimes? Picking who is going to win at the Oscars. You have to get yourself to a cinema to see all the movies, or at least have all the possible streaming services to make sure you don't miss a single one. You have to pay attention to all the precursor award shows to see who's winning so far. The Golden Globes, the BAFTAs, they're the pretty obvious ones. But don't forget the Critics' Choice Awards, or the SAGs, or the DGAs, or the PGAs, or the Eddies, or the Gothams, or the AFI Top 10, or the National Board of Review. Ugh. Exhausting right? Or you can just join me for Academy Watch on the We Made This Podcast Network. I'm the host, Bo Nicholson, and I've been reading the trends, keeping stats, and seeing as many movies as humanly possible, and I can tell you who the big players will be on the big night. Me and a different guest each week will also be dissecting one of the key movies each season, including giving out personal awards and diving into them thematically. Will everything everywhere all at once remain the front runner and win Best Picture? Or will a film seize the momentum late in the season to storm home, like Coda did last year? Time will tell, but what I do know is that as it happens, you'll hear it on Academy Watch, wherever you get your podcasts.